I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, By the way, I was just listening to the promo for uh, 98.7 ESPN. Um, I was in an Uber on my way back into Hoboken from the city the other day and the Uber driver was listening to Peter uh, on his morning show and so I, I started re- I started recording a video you guys will like this so I started recording a video and I was just like what do you listen to up there and um and he said you know what is it nine was it 92 hot hot what is it again what's what's Peter on the morning what's that hot 97 90, there you go hot 97 and I said it's Peter Rosenberg right He's like, yeah. I was like, do you like him? <laughs> and I'm, I'm recording. He doesn't know it. I'm recording, and he's like, yeah, I love Peter. Peter's my favorite out of all the three. Peter's my favorite. And I was like, uh, good to know, because I'm recording, and I'm gonna send this to him right now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Peter's got a Peter's got a lot of fans out there outside of 98.7 ESPN. That's I'm Hack Rosenberg. <laughs> All right, let's go to your calls. Jose, I know you want to talk about the Knicks, but you've been holding on for quite a while. So uh, I'm going to come to you, my friend. What you got? Thank you so much, Anita. And yeah, I did want to talk about the Knicks, but it was more of a side question because I definitely wanted, um, it was more towards the draft with the New York Jets because I'm a New York Jet fan. And you know what, Anita, I want to thank you so much for being a difference maker on that radio station. Your, Your opinions have always been spot on. While other people like clowns like Rothenberg want to say that, you know, the fifth-year option for Daniel Jones was not a good thing, you were the one that was saying, no, it's a good thing and they're going to cost themselves money. And that's exactly the situation that they found themselves with. And with the Derek Carr thing, I'm like, I, I just don't get it. When you have a chance to draft an offensive lineman with that 14th pick and then buy another mm-hmm. offensive lineman with Derek Carr and everything else that goes along with it, we structurally become a way better team, and yet it seems like people just want us to be irrational just because they got to get their sports taken, and it's a little well, it's a little annoying. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it, and thanks for holding on so long. A, a few things. Number one, uh, listen, it was a crapshoot for the Giants to, to pick up the fifth year option. I get it. I just felt like. If you pick up the fifth-year option, you're only paying him, quote-unquote, only $22 million, and you could use him as a bridge quarterback this season. You could still go out and draft a quarterback if if Daniel Jones did not fit the bill for you this past season. To me, it just made sense. But also, let me preface by saying I don't don't have the books. I don't know what the numbers were. I I don't know, you know, what it would have meant for the Giants to to pick up that franchise tag, what it would have meant for them salary cap. I I don't know. But, uh, again, it, it is what I would have done. Um, number two, um, you're right. Like, you know, the, the last caller who had called in, who was just like, what are you talking about? Why? Like it, it should be, it should be Aaron Rodgers or bust. Well, again, you, you have to give up draft picks to get Aaron Rodgers. And if you do that and, and, oh, by the way, you're cap strapped. So if you do that now, you're not using those first round picks to potentially 
go after and improve your offensive line. So now you've got Aaron Rodgers uh, in, a, in a new spot, a new location, New York, which is, is going to be night and day for him compared to Green Bay playing behind a subpar offensive line where he's going to get sacked and frustrated. Uh, let's go to Stu in Westchester. Stu, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, Anita. How are you doing today? Great. Good morning. Good morning. That second caller talking about keeping Aaron Rodgers. Is he crazy? He said the operative word. Aaron Rodgers will get eaten up in New York. He's not blue-collar tough. We don't need a guy like that. I'm not even a Jets fan. I'm a 49ers fan, but I got friends in New York that love the Jets, and I feel their pain. As the saying goes, when the hand has gangrene, you chop it off to save the body. You don't keep the pinky. We don't need Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Gangrene. That's brutal, Stu. That's brutal, Stu. Appreciate the call. I don't don't think Jets fans appreciate the call. Uh, Let's go to Mitch in East Windsor. Mitch, good morning. Welcome in. Good morning, Anita. This should be too complicated, I think. Starting Derek Carr, keep your assets. And I still think they should draft a quarterback in the mid-rounds. So I'm thinking DTR, Hernan Hooker. But I'll tell you, if that quarterback from Florida, Anthony Richie, if he's there somehow, but by miracle at 14, 13, then I will, I will grab him too and sign Derek Carr. You don't want him. Mitch, Mitch, you don't. Mitch, yes. trust me. Thanks for the phone call. You, you don't want him. And talk about appointment radio. I'm going to give it to you. At 11 a.m. this morning. In about 50 minutes, Steve Verderosa, former Giant scout for over 30 years, is going to be joining us on the show. I, t- I text him. I called him this morning. And I said, you've got to come on with me. Uh, Anthony Richardson is blown up the last 24 hours. Got to get you on uh, to, to break this down. And he said, yes. He's at church right now. He said he'll be home by, by 1030. And, uh, and he's going to jump on with us at 11. And so that's, that's, that's definitely appointment radio for all you folks out there who are like, the Jets should draft Anthony Richardson. Or maybe there's Giants fans out there who feel, keep in mind, the Giants did meet with him. Uh, there was some buzz pertaining to uh, the Giants meeting with him as well. All right, uh, before we take a break, I do want to share with you again, uh, Courtney Cronin, who does a phenomenal job at ESPN covering all things NFL, specifically the Bears, who have the number one overall pick, was kind enough to join me on my Bet Digital show earlier this week. And uh, we, her and I were discussing what, what the Bears potentially will do with that number one overall pick. Let's listen in. Let's welcome in Courtney. She's in the hottest place in the United States right now. Not only does she talk NFL, but she's also, she hosts some of the best parties down there in Indianapolis, getting a lot of us women in the industry together. I'm sorry that I'm going to be missing your soiree this this year, but uh, how are you doing, Courtney? We're good. I mean, it's been a really busy day here, Anita, with all the news on Jalen Carter, the prospective number one overall pick potentially, and the news of an arrest warrant that came out today and just kind of how that shook things here and potentially shakes the draft order for the 2023 draft. And You know, on top of everything else, the combine is a a marathon of no sleep where a lot of late nights where you're trying to get information, trying to figure out what the rumors are, what is rumor from what is fact from rumor. And so there's a lot of that going on and we're only on day three. So uh, the marathon continues. I love it. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I'm so jelly that you're there and I'm here. But let's start first and foremost. Some of the biggest news out there, Adam Schefter, a number of people reporting that the Bears potentially might trade that number one overall pick. Uh, so what what do you know about that? And if they do, Courtney, what, what are they looking for to get in return? 
We talked to Ryan Poles the other day, Anita, about the potential for trading that number one pick and, you know, what he was able to do in that moment in validating the report from Adam Schefter that they were, quote, leaning towards doing that. He said that that's always been the direction because of the development they saw from Justin Fields last year. And knowing that there's still a lot of work to be done with this quarterback and especially having him be able to win from the pocket. But their confidence that Fields is their guy is the reason that they're willing to field offers for potentially moving out of that number one spot and further down the draft order. Now it's just a matter of what's the return they're going to get. Like you look at the last time the number one pick was traded, which went from changing hands from Tennessee to the Los Angeles Rams in 2016. That was a haul that included a 2016 first round pick, a 2017 first round pick, multiple seconds. And I think that that's something where the Bears are going to want to look at like the very bare bones minimum has to include two first round picks because the 2024 draft class has a lot of big names and could potentially have some really, you know, game changing sort of players, especially at the quarterback spot. Like that's one thing I would think that if, if Justin Fields, if you stick with him this year and it doesn't work out, you'd be in a prime position by trading the number one pick to have a 2024 first rounder that you could use at a, a different time on that position potentially. Now, what can they, like who has the sweet spot? I think we're looking at a team like Indianapolis saying that number 35, that second round pick, the Bears have a big gap right now between one and 54 because they traded their own second round pick for Chase Claypool uh, right at the trade deadline. They've got to be able to make up some of that ground there from the beginning of the first round all the way to the middle of the second. You mentioned Justin Fields, right? And just a few weeks ago, some rumors out there as well, Courtney, that the Bears would listen to offers to potentially trade him. Were you believing in that noise? Or like, how did, how did, you, how did you feel when those rumors started um, perking up? I wasn't surprised because when you're in this spot, like think about this, you never want to be in the spot of a team drafting number one overall because usually that means the previous season things went poorly, to put it lightly. And for the 3-14 and 14, 2022 Chicago Bears, that's putting it lightly. So I, I look at this situation with the Bears knowing that Ryan Poles is going to do his due diligence to do his homework on these quarterbacks. And that's something that he talked to us about this week that – while their plan still remains to go forward with Justin Fields at quarterback in 2023, he would need to be blown away by a draft prospect to, to move away from that plan. But he's doing his homework. He's interviewing these prospects when they're here in Indianapolis. They're grinding the tape. They're trying to figure out, is there anyone who makes you stop in your tracks and say, wow, that's something special. That's how he describes what being, quote, blown away would mean to him. But... I don't think that there's that guy in this draft class. Now, we know that Bryce Young at 5'10", you know, barely 195 pounds, he's been knocked for his size. And I just don't know if there's that Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, generational talent that would be sitting there that you'd want to move on from Justin Fields and say that guy is an instant upgrade. Like, if that player is not there, you're not going to be willing to make that move. Okay, so let's just assume the Bears do trade down and they get out of that number one. What position are they going to be looking for to draft? Well, defense is a big problem in Chicago. They were one of the worst defenses, a bottom five unit all season long. Their pass rush has been non-existent. They had the lowest sacks and lowest sack percentage in the NFL. So edge rushers, three technique, you name it, anybody up front who can pressure the quarterback to make the job of the secondary easier. Because when you have your rookie safety and Jaquan Brisker leading the team in sacks, that's not something that's uh, it's not a good sign to what's going on elsewhere in your defense. But 
Some interesting news coming out of Indianapolis today about Jalen Carter, the player I, I mentioned earlier. With that arrest warrant, how is this going to affect what the Bears do going forward with him and potentially, you know, where he falls on their draft board, other teams' draft boards? We do know that he is being charged with two misdemeanors, but does that automatically take him out of contention for what the Chicago Bears were maybe hoping to do with him at that spot? Time will tell, and we'll be able to see how they really feel about what they learned from him in their meeting with, that they had with him on Monday before all of this news came out on Wednesday. But I think in moving back, if you're looking at a team like Houston, maybe in Indianapolis, maybe even as far back as nine with Carolina, the balance is going to be acquiring draft picks, but also making sure you don't miss out on a player that could end up being a major game changer for the Bears. And, you know, up front, that's a Jalen Carter, that's a Will Anderson potentially, you know, other spots too on the offensive line. That's another spot, another position of need here in Chicago. Courtney, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Two months until the draft, and I'm sure this is going to be a hot topic for the next two months. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the combine, my friend. Thank you. Courtney Cronin, again, joining me on bet earlier this week. So what does that mean? Uh, Bryce Young right now favored to go number one overall. I do believe if he is the number one overall pick, the Bears would trade a team that would move up to get him. Who would that team be? Uh, there, It could be the Texans. It could be the Colts. It could be Atlanta. It could be Carolina. Anthony Richardson, three to one to be the number one overall pick. CJ Stroud, plus 450. Just marinating that for a minute, that Anthony Richardson is now favored over C.J. Stroud to be the number one overall pick. I, I just, we live in such a wild wild world. I, I love this. Will Anderson, 12-1. to 1. I, I'm all over, again, I'm all over Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson is the overall best player in this draft. And uh, if he doesn't go number one overall, then that's, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. But you never know. Again, a team could trade up. Uh, with uh, with the Bears because they are enamored with one of these quarterbacks. Only time will tell. By the way, the New York Islanders' 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against Washington uh, at home on March 11th. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to the contest, submit your entry for full contest rules. Go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more. And catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. So make sure you do that. Uh, we come back. We'll continue with your calls. 800-919-3776. We have Moke Hamilton, who's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. We'll switch gears. We'll talk some NBA as the Knicks looking to win nine straight. And you'll be able to hear that game right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I thought the shot was going in. You know, Evan and I were, were over there. We definitely thought the shot was going in. Um, so when you get a win like that, it's just it was a tough road win. Um, coming in a, in the Miami, who's you know a really good team, so that uh, felt good. R.J. Barrett talking about, of course, uh, Julius Randle, forty-three points, uh, tosses up that game winner with one point seven seconds left. Really unbelievable. They beat the Heat one twenty-two to one twenty. So eight straight wins for this Knicks team. They're sitting at thirty-eight and twenty-seven. Uh, Brunson averaging 24 points and six assists a game. Meanwhile, let's look forward to tonight, right? You're going up against the Celtics. They're 45 and 18. Uh, the Celtics uh, nine and three against uh, teams in the, the Atlantic division. Uh, Tatum, unfortunately, well, for the Celtics, not for Knicks fans, uh, is, uh, is, is shooting below 35% from three. Uh, that he he is averaging thirty points a game, but he has been struggling from behind the line. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, the Celtics are coming off of a loss to the Nets, one fifteen to one oh four. Yes, you heard me correctly. You heard me correctly. Uh, not only that, they were up by twenty eight points in the second quarter. How about that? And they still lost to the Nets. The Nets, one fifteen to one oh five. Um, They held the Celtics to 41 points in the second half. Unbelievable, right? Boston had 19 turnovers. They were 9 of 21, 9 of 29, only 9 of 29 from behind the arc. Tatum 0 for 7 from behind the arc. Rob Williams uh, injured his hamstring, so uh, he's out of the game. Brogdon is dealing with an ankle issue. He's going to be a question mark later on today. I like this. I like this Knicks team. I'm telling you. Give me the five. I might even play them on the money line. Again, they're eight and zero since uh, they uh, they acquired Josh Hart. Last time they they faced Boston, they beat them by 17 points. Okay, Jalen Brown was not active and attractive. He was out. But like I said, Rob Will is out because of a hamstring. Brogdon is questionable because of an ankle. And this is a Knicks team. They've been great on the road, 14-9 against the spread as a road dog, and that's what they are tonight at plus five. I think plus five and a half in some places. So um, I I do like this Knicks team a lot, not going to lie about it. Why would I? No reason to. Why would I even say that? I don't know. Quick break. We come back. Mo Hamilton is going to join us on the show. Um, We will do a deeper dive into this Knicks team. What can we realistically expect from them? Uh, not just tonight against the Celtics, but big picture here. You know, uh, as we get closer to the postseason, uh, what seed do we expect them to have? How much noise can they create in the postseason? Are they a team that other teams uh, do not want in the first round? of the postseason? I believe so. We'll dive into all that next with Moke Hamilton and we'll open up the phone lines. We'll take your calls. Knicks fans, we'd love to hear from you. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday Funday here on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, one of my favorite humans on the planet. Always great to have him on, especially during the NBA season. And that is Moke Hamilton joining us now here on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, Moke. How are you? I'm doing very well, ma'am. How about yourself? How was your Saturday? Um, my Saturday was great. I was off. So I don't typically have a Saturday off. So it was uh, it was uh, take care of Anita Day. Went into the city, got a facial, did a little soul cycle, came back to Hoboken, got a, a mad crazy massage, celebrated a friend's birthday last night. It was it was great. It was uh, it was wow. it was a fantastic Manny, Manny Petty. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like listen, wow, you, I have a Saturday off. Work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm taking I'm taking advantage of it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, always, always. You know, it's 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 a lot of competition out there in this market for yeah. me. So yeah, gotta 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 be on point, boo. Gotta be on point. All right, uh, let's talk about a team who's on point, and and that's the Knicks. They've won eight straight since they added Josh Hart to this rotation, this lineup. Um, Julius Randle having a season of all seasons. Should we call this the redemption season? Uh, last week you were on, we were talking about, you know, Brunson and how the Knicks finally have a true point guard, uh, you know, and now, all right, so let's start small picture before we start, we talk big. And that's the fact that they're going up against the Celtics. They beat the Celtics the last time around. In fact, they beat them by 15 points. Uh, what are your thoughts about today's game? Well, it's, it's a huge game, you know, it's a huge game. I mean, I think for the Knicks right now, so entering the game by virtue of the Bucks losing to the Sixers last night, which was a pretty fantastic contest. So Knicks have the longest win streak in the league now. Um, so that's obviously going to, you know, anyone who hasn't taken notice of them thus far, like you're going to wake up this morning, look at the standings and see they've won eight in a row. And you're like, oh, man, look at that. These guys are really balling, you know. Um, 11 games above 500. Uh, you know, I saw a stat uh, basically extolling the virtues of Tibbs because he's now the first Nick coach in like 50 years to have two eight-game win streaks in a season, you know. So, I mean, these guys are playing great. I do think the Celtics will be motivated to, to kind of avenge that, that recent loss that you just referred to. Um, but, I mean, at this point, you know, I think most people that, that pay attention to the NBA and, and pay close attention to basketball know that the Knicks are a really good team. You know, and there's, no, there's really no other way to put it. And at this point, you know, Jalen Brunson not being named an all-star, like it's looking like really questionable because as great as Julius Randle has been, 
you know, without the, the, the contributions of Jalen Brunson, like this, this team does not win eight straight games, you know, even down the stretch in Miami, obviously everybody's going to remember Randall for, for the big, the big shots and the contributions that he had in that contest. But there were some key moments where Jalen Brunson came up and, and hit some big shots for them as well. So, um, these guys have certainly quickly developed into a colossal connection for Tibbs. And at this point, if you're a Knicks fan, you know, you're just looking forward to them heading into the postseason and um, hopefully trying to put together a bit of a run. And, and I think at this point you're within your right to be very optimistic about their chances in a first-round matchup, um, particularly if it ends up being against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, so uh, again, before we start looking big picture, the matchup today, you talk about the Celtics trying or wanting to avenge their last loss against the Knicks, but dude, they lost to the Nets, 115-105. to 105. They had a 28-point lead in the second quarter, and then the Nets held them to 41 points in the second half. So, you know, uh, I, I truly believe offensively this team rolls as Tatum rolls from behind the arc. They were 9 of 29 uh, from three-point range. Tatum was 0 for 7. Robert Williams is going to be out today because of a hamstring issue. So, obviously, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, takes away on on the defensive side of the court for them. And Brogdon is a question mark because of an ankle. I I like the Knicks today, by the way, getting the five, five and a half in some places. So, uh, Mm. your your thoughts about the Celtics team right now? Yeah, I mean, the Celtics... Pretty much, you know, all season long. I mean, well, first of all, I, I'll kind of echo your sentiment and say that, you know, if Jason Tatum is, is going to shoot, you know, 10 for 23 from the field, he's going to be 0 for 7 from, from three-point range. And obviously they got, they got a fantastic contribution from Jalen Brunson. I'm um, Jalen Brunson. From Jalen Brown. Um, he, he had 35 against Brooklyn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Tatum is not giving you an efficient 25 to 30 points, if you're a Boston, you're, you're going to struggle to win, you know. And then if you're talking about the, the, the reserve troops being depleted, um, you're talking about missing bodies, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. Coming into this season, we thought that the Celtics had improved. I mean, we thought, and it is also true, that they improved their roster pretty dramatically. Um, the Brogdon acquisition, uh, you know, they got Derek White last season. Um, these, these guys are just a really, really deep team from – pretty much 1 to 10, maybe even 1 to 11. You know, they've even been able to get some, some spot productive minutes from Blake Griffin, you know. So we see this happen every so often. Like, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember a game where Luka Doncic had a 60-point triple-double and, uh, you know, helped, helped the Mavericks erase a similar deficit to the Knicks. And we, we just happen to see that in the NBA, you know, like teams – get up big sometimes they take their foot off the gas and then you know they kind of leave the door open for another team to come back and gain some momentum and and collapse you know what I mean and and it does happen and it did happen to Boston and I think that's part of the reason why you'll see a renewed focus and dedication from them today right like they're not going to want um they're not going to want something like that they're not going to want another loss particularly to particularly to another Atlantic division foe and especially not at home in Boston Garden, right? So I think it's going to be a, a very, very exciting, very good um, late-season contest today between two teams that are looking to make a statement and hoping to make a run in the postseason. Um, 
one o'clock this afternoon, tip off. The Suns going up against the Mavericks. KD going up against his former teammate, Kyrie from the Nets. This is an interesting one. Uh, last game that Dallas played, Kyrie and Luka combined for 48 points, uh, and they beat the 76ers. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, question mark in regard to Aiton, is he going to play? Uh, but I'll tell you what I do love here. I love KD over 32.5 points, assists, and rebounds combined. He played 32 minutes in game number two. I, I expect him to play anywhere between 30, 30, 33 to 35. And when he was with the Nets and went up against Dallas, he averaged over 40 par per game. Um, I also like Devin Booker over three and a half assists. It's really interesting, Mo, in, in, in how they're, they're utilizing both Booker and Chris Paul. Booker is the main con- uh, uh, facilitator, especially in the first half. So um, he's, he's, he's he, typically, the, the, I know it's a small sample size, but the two games that we've seen KD play, Booker has ended the first quarter with four assists. So I like over three and a half assists for Booker in the entire game. So that's how I'm playing this. But, uh, but your thoughts, two, I know, again, small sample size, two games, but your thoughts on what you've seen from the Suns now that KD is a part of that roster? Yeah, I think for me, you know, I think that there were generally two schools of thought. Um, there were some people that thought that Kevin Durant was going to take shots and reps away from Devin Booker. And then there was another school that thought that he would actually open the game up and make it easier for him. Because if you've got Devin Booker on the court next to Kevin Durant, um, it becomes impossible to double-team Devin Booker. In theory, it becomes impossible to double-team Devin Booker because uh, you're not going to want to leave an open man and particularly Kevin Durant out there, right? So I I think it's been the latter so far. I think that the the game has definitely opened up for, for Booker. Um, it's become much simpler because the coverages that he's getting there, he, he's not the sole focus of the opposing team's um, scouting report, right? And, and I think that we have seen that in small batches. And the reason why this is going to work is because Kevin Durant has pretty much spent the entirety of his career playing next to another high-usage, um, high-shot-taking uh, guard. You know, like he had Russell Westbrook, you know, he had Steph Curry, he had Kyrie Irving. And, and what what is good about Kevin Durant, just strictly from a basketball standpoint, is um, his efficiency, right? If he's in a situation where he's only going to get, you know, 10 shots or 12 shots or 14 shots, like you can expect that they're all going to be very good, very measured shots. And, you know, he might, he might be able to hit 60 to 70% of them. Um, you look down at, at, at the stat sheet and you see that, you know, he took 15 shots, but somehow he has 32 points, right? Like we have seen that for Kevin Durant. So um, this marriage is going to work. It was a, a monumental risk taken by the Phoenix Suns. But right now, you know, I have no reason to think that they're not going to hold on to that fourth seed in the Western Conference. And if I'm the Sacramento Kings, I know I have to keep winning games. Otherwise, that third seed can be in jeopardy. So um, you got to like what you've seen so far if you're Phoenix. All right, so let's let's look big picture before we let you go, and let's look at the Eastern Conference. The Bucks now have surpassed the Celtics, uh, but they're only up by a half. I, I do believe uh, that will continue. Um, so I like the Bucks. I think the Bucks will end up with the number one seed in the East. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be competitive down the stretch. Um, you've got uh, the 76ers, the Cavs, and the Knicks. Now the Knicks are uh, what two and a half games? Yeah, two and a half games behind the Cavs for that fourth seed. Um, 
I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get it, especially if they continue to, to kick butt and take names like we've seen them play so far. Uh, and, and I think there's a good chance they beat the Celtics today. I'm just saying. So interesting to get your thoughts of what you think the likelihood is for the Knicks to surpass the Cleveland Cavaliers and get that fourth seed. Uh, Brooklyn sitting there at six. Uh, you've got the Miami Heat two games behind them. I do believe the Nets full, fall out of the top six and end up in that play-in scenario, and the Heat do get in uh, to the top six. That's how I see. That's how I see the Eastern Conference playing out. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, so can the Knicks capture that fourth seed? Certainly they can, right? Especially, especially because they're only one game behind the loss column, which is what. You know, which is what most of us pay attention to. But for the Knicks, um, they do have a date with the Cavaliers at the end of the month. So those two teams are going to play on March 31st. So if things continue the way that they have been thus far, that matchup could actually be for for that fourth seed uh, for all intents and purposes. Now, that said, Anita, there's a lot of basketball that has to be played between now and then. And in particular for the Knicks, Five of their next six are going to be on the road. They're going to have a, a, a four-game road trip that they're going to begin next week Thursday, which is uh, or this coming Thursday, I should say. And it's it's, it's going to be a tough trip. Um, they've got at, they're at Sacramento, they're at the Clippers, they're at the Lakers, and they're at the Trailblazers. All four of those teams are also fighting for their playoff lives, if not vying and jockeying for playoff positioning. So um, the next. Uh, and then they've got Boston today, right? And then they have Charlotte at home on Tuesday before they embark on that road trip. So five out of these next six on the road, tough road games against tough teams, all jockeying for playoff positioning. Um, if they if they come out of this stretch winning three or four of those games, then I like their chances of that fourth seed. And if they stumble and if they lose some of these tough games, then they might find themselves uh, continuing to look up at the Cavaliers. So, I think the next week and a half will tell us for sure. Um, if you're asking me right now, I'll say yes. I do think they catch the Cavaliers just because they're nipping at their heels and they've been playing so well lately. But, again, you know, it all, it all, it's going to depend on how they come out of this road trip and then what they look like uh, going into that matchup against the Cavaliers uh, on the last day of the month, March 31st. But, yeah, I think, all right. uh, I, I think they have a chance to get it, and they probably will. I do. I do as well. Uh, in, in looking at the West, uh, the Nuggets, six-game lead over Memphis, and then, wow, uh, what's going on with John Morant? Ooh. <laughs> obviously, obviously, uh, that team, nowhere near. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say that the Denver Nuggets are going to end up uh, with the number one overall seed, and the path to the championship is going to have to go through um, uh, mile high. Uh, then Memphis again sitting there at at, uh, at thirty and twenty four. Uh, the Kings only a, a game and a half back to the Grizzlies. I like the Kings winning the Pacific. I know we talked about it last time you were on, and I would be surprised now with this John Morant news uh, that they jump in to the two seed. Uh, then you got the Suns, obviously uh, the Golden State Warriors, who now have won five straight. Watch out, are they peaking at the right time? And Dallas sitting there at six. On those coattails, the T-Wolves, the Clippers, the Jazz, and uh, and the Pelicans, and the Lakers teetering there outside of the 10, even though no LeBron James for the next few weeks, 
This uh, Lakers team is still winning games, hence why I really liked what they did at the trade deadline as well if AD can stay healthy. So I guess what I'm saying is I see the Lakers jumping into the top 10 and will be playing and vying for that that play-in spot. Um, I see the Kings surpassing Memphis in, in getting that number two seed. And watch out for this Golden State Warriors team. Uh, like I said, they've, they've won five straight. And uh, and they're they're looking good, and Steph Curry is about to return. Your thoughts on the West? Low key, really low key, right? What if we end up with Suns Warriors in round one, and you got Kevin Durant going up against the Warriors? Like, I mean, that that would just you, you talk about what do you call it? Appointment TV? Like that would be appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I I I think I think I agree with most of what you say. You know, the uncertainty of John Morant. Um, obviously, I mean, who had the Kings vying for the second seed in the Western Conference and in the office pool, right? Like, probably nobody. But I think that Sacramento does have a puncher's chance of catching Memphis for that second seed. I think the Warriors are peaking at the right time. There's no question that they're not going to be in the playing scenario in my mind. The biggest question for me, I think, is the Lakers. Like, you mentioned the Lakers. They're going to be without LeBron for another couple of weeks. But the Lakers do have the easiest strength of schedule of remaining games over their final 18 in the league. And that is something that you think will benefit them, obviously, after the depth they added at the trade deadline. Also, keep in mind, they have been playing without D'Angelo Russell as well for the past couple of games. So once he comes back, it should strengthen them a bit. And they're only one game behind the Clippers, Jazz, and Pelicans for the eighth, ninth, or tenth spot to get into the play-in. My only question is, who are they going to knock out, right? Because Utah's been playing great basketball for the most part. Um, all four of the all, all four of the teams that they're looking up at have been playing pretty good. Um, the Clippers have lost five in a row, but you think maybe that's more attributable to growing pains from the the players they added um, this past deadline season. So. You know, you look at the schedule, you consider D'Angelo Russell's coming back, you think the Lakers have a chance to get in, maybe one of these teams fall out, maybe it ends up being the Jazz, but to me that's, that's the biggest storyline of the final few weeks of the regular season, whether the Lakers actually be able to get in and whether they're going to be able to hold down the fort until LeBron James come back. And, um, you know, we we, we got to see how, how, it, how it all fun, fo- fo- unfolds, and I'm looking forward to it just like everybody else. I'm excited. I'm excited for this NBA postseason. There's so many great storylines, um, and there's not like one true dominant team. Even though some might disagree and say, "What are you talking about, Anita? The Suns have a the big three, let alone possibly how much you 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 value Aiton, the big four. But I, I, I still I'm I'm excited. I think this is going to be uh, one of the most entertaining uh, postseasons in 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 quite a while in the NBA because of the parity. We'll see what happens. Moak, always a pleasure having you on. Morning. Please know how much I appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Thank you very much. You too. You got it. Moke Hamilton uh, joining us here on, on 98.7 ESPN. Um, 800-919-3776 is the phone number. That's how you get on board. Uh, let's uh, let's take your calls. Knicks fans, A, uh, what do you think about the game later on today, tonight, against the Celtics? Uh, number two, uh, what are your thoughts about the postseason? Do you feel that the Knicks have a really good shot of surpassing the Cavs, possibly finishing number four in the standings as we get closer to the uh, the, the postseason, where therefore not only will they uh, be in, obviously, the postseason, but they'll be able to host the first round. 
How great would that be? What say you? 800-919-3776. Need Mark's with you. 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. The Suns going up against the Mavs. Uh, the Mavs home favored by one. My play here, again, is uh, I, I do like KD over 31.5 points, assists, and rebounds combined. I also like Devin Booker over 3.5 assists. That's how I would play that. At 3.40 this afternoon, the Lakers at home taking on the Golden State Warriors, who've won five straight, no LeBron James. Lakers getting five in LA kind of lean towards the Lakers getting five. I I like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. And as long as AD is active and attractive, uh, watch out. Um, Not saying that they win, but I think they keep it close. So give me the Lakers in five. Uh, The Pacers going up against the Bulls, Hornets and Nets. Nets probably feeling really good about themselves considering uh, they held the Boston Celtics to 41 points in the second half. Uh, They're home favored by eight. Interesting. Um, you've got Portland going up against the Magic, Utah and the Thunder, Spurs and Rockets. As I said, the Knicks going up against the Boston Celtics, the Knicks getting five, five and a half in some places. I'll take the points and the Knicks on the road. Uh, they're, they're not a bad road team. And, um, what was that? What was that? That statistic I saw They're like 40. Hold on one second. Where did that, where'd that paper go? I can't find it. There we go. Um, they are road dogs they are 14 and 9 against the spread as a road dog so give me the Knicks plus 5 and then you got the Bucks going up against the Wizards Memphis going up against the Clippers later on tonight at 10-10 Clippers favored by 7 so that's your NBA slate let's go to Adam Adam welcome in hey good morning morning. Um, so so I wanted to talk about March Madness which is coming up and mm-hmm. these are the kids that are, are going to become the NBA players that we've been talking about. So let me ask you this. I grew up in Queens years ago. I grew up a fan of uh, the St. John's Redmond. And uh, at that time, their, their rival was the Georgetown Hoyas. And these teams were great years ago. And it's been so long since they've been great. So now you see the same teams seem to come through the Final Four, your Dukes, UNC's, Kansas, Kentucky, etc. So my question is, why can't these schools recruit the kids that they need to be more competitive? Oh wow! Um, I appreciate the call. That's that's a really that's a really lengthy segment, and that's a really lengthy that might be an entire show within itself. Um, 
you know, a lot of times, you know, the, these guys, they grow up playing ball together and they, 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 they pretty much, yeah, they go through the, uh, the process of, uh, being recruited and whatnot. But a lot of these guys, um, already kind of say like, Hey, listen, we're going to go to Kansas together. We're going to go to Villanova together. We're going to go to Duke together. We're going to go to UNC together. Obviously those are, those are the programs that get all the five-star, uh, athletes, because uh, the history and um, you know uh, the the conferences that they're in, I, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, but where does it stand right now as we get closer to Sel- Selection Sunday, which will be next Sunday? Uh, Kansas, Alabama, Houston, and I think with the, U- the UCLA win last night, I think UCLA now surpasses Purdue as the final final one. Um, of the four ones heading into the tournament. Uh, the big, the big com- conversation discussion to have is who deserves the overall one? Is that Houston or Kansas? Uh, for me, it's Kansas. And, and I, listen, there, there's a lot of teams out there that I do like that potentially could, could pull a lot of upsets. Miami, Creighton, Marquette. Um, I like Iona a lot. I think they're going to make some noise in the tournament. I like Miami, University of Miami. Uh, but overall, I just I, I think Kansas has a really good shot of repeating and being the national championship two years in a row, something we haven't seen uh, since Florida did it back in 2006. So there's that. Uh, when we come back, as I said, it's appointment radio. I, I called and spoke with Steve Verderosa, former Giants scout this morning, because the last 24 hours, Anthony Richardson, his, his stock has gone through the roof after his uh, workout at the Combine. So I thought it'd be great to get a scout who was part of the Giants uh, scouting department for over 30 years, on to talk about what this means next here on 90.7 ESPN.